Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. And today is a very special day. It is the day of the first installment of my three-part Halloween series. Hooray! I know, I've been teasing it for months now that I was going to do this. And the day has finally come. It is here. I cannot wait to tell you guys all about the Finch Merlin series. So a little bit of background. Last year, I did a Halloween three-part series on the Harley Merlin series, which are the first nine books in the series. The Finch Merlin series is an eight-book spinoff. Now, I did call it nine books frequently throughout these three episodes, but it's actually only eight. And it follows Finch Merlin, Harley's half-brother, and his adventures as he is a servant of Erebus following his deal with Catherine at the end of Harley's ninth book. And throughout this series, I'm going to give brief summaries of each book and then talk about my opinions of them. This differs a little bit from my original first Halloween special because that time I recorded the whole thing in one go after I had finished all nine books. This time, I recorded each part of the episode after I finished each book, so it's kind of fun because as you're listening, I'm speculating about what's going to happen next, and at the time, I had no idea what was going to happen next. So it's honestly so funny as I was listening back to this, just laughing at some of my predictions, what I was saying, what I thought was going to happen, things like that, because now I know what happens, and so I thought it was hilarious. Um, Let's see. Also, one other thing I want to mention is that the audio on these episodes very, very diff- vary a lot. This first one that you're going to hear after this was the first time I was recording with my new microphone and I did not know how to work it. So I'm sorry to say it's not the best. Other times I was recording in different places following moves, computer battery shortages, things like that. So you'll definitely notice a change in audio quality throughout the different books. But I hope it's not too distracting and that you can power through it. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get into the first book. Um, I'm obviously going to issue a spoiler warning right here. I'm going to spoil the first two books in the Finch Merlin series in this episode. And if you stick around to the end, I'll let you know what's happening for the rest of these episodes. Let's start with Finch Merlin and the Fount of Youth. So... This is the first book in the Finch Merlin spinoff series of the Harley Merlin series, which was my Halloween special. If you haven't listened to it, I'm sure I've already plugged it by this point. But what are you doing? Go listen to my Halloween special. It was a lot of fun. It surprisingly has had a lot of listens, which I did not expect. But thank you for everybody who's listened to it. And if you haven't listened to it, then you're probably going to be confused listening to this episode about these books in the Finch Merlin spinoff series. So... If you don't want to go back, here's a very short synopsis of the first nine books. So, spoilers, right? Okay. The first nine books, we follow Harley Merlin, who was an orphan, grew up in foster care. She finds out that she's actually a magical, which is just this author's word for somebody with magic. She's trying to be edgy and different by calling them magicals instead of witches and wizards. You know what I mean? Okay. So, she finds out she's a magical. She joins the San Diego coven, and her and her friends are doing their thing and they end up having to battle Catherine who is her crazy aunt who is trying to take over the world and become a child of chaos there's all these rituals they go through them she ends up um, recruiting her half-brother Finch who is also her cousin because her dad her mom was a twin with her aunt Catherine and her dad ended up having a child with both of them but never knew about Finch 
Finch was originally evil, but then turns and comes to the good side through all these different battles and just kind of realizations and realizing his mom was manipulative and evil and he didn't want to be that way anymore. And so he helps Harley and company to defeat Catherine. And here's the important part. At the end of the ninth book, Finch makes a deal with Erebus, who is a different child of chaos, in order to kill Catherine. But in exchange for helping for Erebus helping kill Catherine, Finch has to become Erebus's servant slave running errand boy for an undesignated period of time. So that's how the first or the ninth book ends, and we pick it up here in the tenth book, which is following Finch. So this book is told from Finch's point of view and Garrett's point of view. We already know how I feel about Garrett, okay? But I'm gonna be talking about that a little bit later after my plot summary. Of course, I'm going to try and keep this quick, but y'all know me. It never really happens. But because I'm putting in multiple books into one episode, I am going to try and make it quick. So Finch, it's a year later. Finch has been running random errands for Erebus. And now he's been sent out by Erebus to find the Fountain of Youth or the Fount of Youth. But I'm just going to call it the Fountain of Youth because who says Fount? You know what I mean? The book opens up with Finch trying to talk to this poltergeist who is this guy... I think his name is Leon de Ponce, who found the Fountain of Youth, but he attacks him and Finch gets injured and whatever and goes back to the San Diego coven. Harley tries to get Finch to tell him what he's doing, but Finch is trying to keep Harley and all of his friends safe and specifically Rianne, who, if you remember, is Harley's foster sister. So it's a little odd. We'll talk about it later. But um, anyways, he's trying to keep them all safe because Erebus keeps threatening Finch that he's going to kill all of them if Finch doesn't find all these different things in whatever time period Erebus has deemed like dependable once okay I don't know where I was my mom just knocked on my door to ask me if I needed anything specific from the grocery store which I needed carrots if you were curious what I wanted so what was I saying okay so Finch has to do what he says otherwise Erebus will kill them so he's trying not to involve anybody but after he gets injured by the poltergeist he realizes he's going to need to bring in some help so he recruits Garrett because Garrett was his friend back when he was uh, undercover in the SDC. And now they've kind of rekindled their friendship. <laughs> rekindled. That's normally something you say about romantic relationships. Okay, anyways. And then he needs a way to touch the poltergeist. So the obvious answer would be Tatiana. Because if you remember, she is a Kuldoni, which means she can speak to spirits. However, if they bring in Tatiana, then... Harley's going to know, and Finch doesn't want that. So he ends up bringing Saskia, S-A-S-K-I-A, if that's not how you say that, who is Tatiana's younger sister, who has come to do an exchange program with the SCC. Unofficially, she's there because Tatiana's grandparents are threatening to disown her and never let her come back if she does not come back to the, I think it's the Moscow coven or St. Petersburg, I can't remember, whatever Russian coven that they're from. Because she has, was only supposed to stay at the SDC for six months, but she stayed for way over that. And so her family's starting to disown her. So her sister's there to try and convince her to come back. So Saskia is only 16 and she's low-key kind of annoying a lot for the beginning. She's hitting on Garrett and Finch who are much older than her and it's kind of odd. Anyway, so they end up use, they end up bringing her aboard because she says, okay, we need to get this Ivan trap. And if we put the poltergeist in there, then Ponce can speak to us. So in order to do that, they have to go to this black market auction sort of thing. And so they need the money to get in there. So originally they were going to steal it. But then Saskia says, I have $50,000 we can use in my allowance. Because, you know, they're super rich. So she just has $50,000 allowances, apparently. And so she's going to be able to buy the Ivan trap. They need to use Rianne. 
in order to get invitations to go. And so Finch and Garrett are both shapeshifters, if you remember. So they shapeshift into different people that might potentially be there. And they show up. And guess who's there? Davin. Oh, my God. So if you remember, Davin from books eight and nine was helping Catherine escape. And every time you kill him, he resurrects himself and comes back to life. So Davin ends up bidding against them for the Ivan trap and wins because he goes above their $50,000 limit. So Finch and Garrett hide in the storage room. And they attack Davin and try and get the Ivan trap. And they chase him around the whole place. And they end up beheading him in a guillotine. And then they run away. They then take the Ivan trap with Saskia to the Caribbean somewhere. I don't remember where it was. And they speak to Ponce and he tells them that the Fountain of Youth is actually in Russia underneath this diamond mine. So Saskia says, ha, you can't bring me back now. You have to use me because I have all these Russian connections. So they go to Russia and Tatiana shows up and is like, bro, why did you do my bring my sister into this like dangerous thing blah 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 and finch apologizes whatnot then they go into the diamond mine and they get through the first layer and then they figure out the last layer before the fountain of youth which Ponce did not tell them about is a layer of diamond and diamond is very strong and it's really hard to cut through and no magic can get through it so it's like super thick layer of diamond they're never going to be able to get through it but lo and behold davin has resurrected himself and come back to life so we know and they found out that davin has some sort of artifact that if he has it on his person, will resurrect him. But if they can destroy it, he will die. So Davin says, I know the spell to get through the diamond. You have to partner with me. Finch says yes, like pretending, you know. And Davin goes through and immediately after he breaks through the diamond, they all attack him. And they're fighting and they're losing. So Finch calls Erebus to kind of tip the scales. He shows up. Davin disappears. I don't remember what happened to him. And then Erebus goes into the Fountain of Youth, drinks it all up. And creates himself a body. So if you remember the whole thing in the first nine books. Or at least like the last two. Was that Catherine. Children of Chaos can't leave their other worlds. So Catherine needed a mortal body. Which is why she wanted Harley alive. So she could take Harley's body. So Erebus has now created himself a body. And doesn't have to follow the rules. He was supposed to be following before. And then he sends. Garrett and Saskia. Out of the mind. And he sends Finch to a map makers. And that's where book ten ends. So I feel like I did um, a decent job of making that short. So let's talk about my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions about this book. First of all, we need to start about start off with the fact that opening this book and started starting to read it felt like coming home, which <laughs> sounds so dramatic. But I spent four or five months reading the first nine Harley Merlin books, kind of alternating and reading them and then reading something else and coming back to them. And when I finished book nine, I was ready for a break, right? I already had book 10 and some of the other ones that come after it, but I was ready for a break. I did not want to start reading the Finch Merlin books immediately. And when I picked up the book, I immediately was like, wow, I missed these characters. I'm so glad to be back and I'm ready for a new adventure. And I feel like one of the reasons is that I was getting so tired of Catherine. One thing about Bella Forrest is that she writes evil people in such a distinct way, like Davin... And Catherine is just like, she makes the evil people so awful and so annoying that you just get so annoyed every time they show up because they're so, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, when Davin shows up, you're like, not this guy again, because the way he talks and the way he acts, you're just like, I'm so over this guy. Like, I hate him. 
It was the same thing with Catherine. So I was like over Catherine. I'm really hoping they kill Davin sometime soon so I don't have to deal with him anymore. And I'm thinking that the rest of this, there's eight books in this series instead of nine in the Harley Merlin ones. I'm thinking that these eight books are going to be some like about Finch trying to get out of Erebus's service, but like also trying to stop him from doing whatever evil thing he's trying to do that he needs a body for, right? Because that's not cool. So that's point number one. Point number two, let's talk about this other thing. So I don't know if I mentioned this in any of my other ones, but Finch has some sort of mental illness. I don't know. He's got, he calls them the gremlins inside his head who like say things to him. I don't know what that would be called because I don't really know a lot about, would that be psychology? I think it'd be psychology. I don't know a lot about it. So I'm not trying to diagnose Finch because I don't, I just don't know. But he takes this different, he takes medicine to kind of regulate his brain and stuff like that. And he calls the voices in his head or the the bad thoughts or like whatever's going on with this illness. He calls them the gremlins. And I felt super uncomfortable with him calling them gremlins the entire time. I was just like, this seems like a thing you shouldn't say. And I guess if it's your own head, you can say what you want because it's yourself. But I don't know if Bella Force also struggles with this. So she just came up with it for Finch. Which is why the gremlins makes me feel uncomfortable. So, also, before we get into kind of like the specific important characters, let's touch on Harley and Wade. I'm sure you're like, what's up with Harley and Wade now? It's been a year. So, Finch informs us that Harley and Wade are as in love as ever, which, thank God, you guys, because you know how I feel about Harley and Wade. I love them. And they have a shared office, which you're like, okay, cute. And they also have a shared bedroom, which Finch is like, I don't like to think about. And I've given Wade brother, big brotherly talks, which made me laugh. But also being in Finch's head, reading about Harley and Wade having a shared bedroom was like uncomfortable. If I was in Harley's head and she's like, oh, my God, Wade asked me to move into a room together with him. I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so cute. My couple living together. But then when you read it from her brother's point of view, you're like, oh, my God we can't think about it. I'm the brother. You know what I mean? I don't know, but it was really funny. And so I'm glad Harley and Wade are doing good. I mean, I already know they're going to be together forever. I, uh, wink, wink book number 19, but 18, I don't know, but we're not, we're not here to talk about that book. because I've never read it yet. So there's a little catch up on that. Now I know what you all want to hear about. You want to hear about my thoughts on Garrett being the second point of view. If you remember, I could not stand Garrett. I hated him. One of my least favorite characters. So annoying. Ugh, ugh, ugh. But at the end of the ninth book, he dies. And Alton brings him back to life. And he also brings back the missing part of Astrid's soul. And if you also remember, I did not like book four, which the second point of view was Astrid. Because I didn't like her point of view at all. And she really annoyed me. When before, I didn't care about her. I thought I liked her. Like, whatever. But so now we have some Astrid Garrett moments and they don't get back together, which I was like, cool. I didn't hate Garrett anymore. He's no longer the worst in this book. His point of view, honestly, sometimes I just forgot it wasn't Finch's, which some people say that's bad writing when you can't tell the point of views apart. And I can't disagree with them. But also, I didn't care because I love Finch's point of view. And so Garrett's like bland, basic point of view was fine, especially because I didn't have to deal with the annoying parts of Garrett's personality. So I guess I'm over my hatred for him. 
while moving on and growing as a person. Next, let's talk about Saskia. Saskia? Anyways, Tatiana's younger sister. She was so annoying for the first, like, 150 pages. But by the end, she kind of grows on you of her being like, I can do my own things, but then also realizing at the end that, like, wow, I'm still a child and kind of things like that. But I really didn't like her whole thing of flirting with all the guys and being like, oh, I can show you, like, a good time. Like, bro, you're 16, and we don't actually know how old anybody is. But you know Finch is older than Harley, who is at least 20. So Finch is 21, 22, 23, something like that. And so she's 16, and that's just gross. So that was my opinion on her. Now, one last thing before we move on, because I've been talking for a while and I'm doing multiple books, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about Finch being into Rianne. Now, remember, Rianne is Harley's foster sister, and Finch is Harley's half-sister. So the odd part is that technically there's no blood relation between Rianne and Finch. However, they both kind of share a sister, and it's just a little odd. So Finch is super into Rianne, which I saw coming from book nine, but Rianne now has some boyfriend. I think his name is Adam. I don't remember. And he's like super perfect, and Finch hates him. And obviously he hates him because he's into Rianne. And Rianne likes him, but also throughout this book, she's like, low-key really concerned with Finch in a way that's not just like friendly so I'm sure that Rianne is going to get with or Finch and Rianne are going to get together at some point in this series however I don't anticipate it being for a couple books but it just feels a little odd that that's the relationship that Bella Force chose to go in that direction of it just feels it feels odd you know it does it does because they're not related but they kind of are, but there's no blood relation, and they didn't grow up as siblings, but each of their siblings is connected. It's just, it feels a little weird. So anyways, overall, book 10 was a great time. I really enjoyed it, and I don't know what this man Erebus is up to. I guess he's not a man this god, this child of chaos Erebus is up to, but he is shady, and I do not trust him, and he is actually a shadowy figure. That's his whole thing. But um, I don't trust him, and I'm sure he's going to put Finch through a lot. So let's jump into the next book. Okay, moving on to book 11, Finch, Merlin, and the Lost Map. So when we last left off, Finch was dumped on some random island by Erebus, and he does not know what he's doing there. Turns out he's there to make a map. A map to where? He does not know because Erebus tells him absolutely nothing except for nothing. Just pops him there. So Finch meets these people as he's waiting to get into this monastery. And the first person he meets is this old lady named Blanche. We find out that she's a shapeshifter and she's there to make a map to El Dorado to find some gold and feel young because her husband's dead and she's old. Then next come Luke and Melody. Melody is an empath and also very smart. And Luke is her bodyguard and she comes from like a famous magical family. Then the Bassani twins show up and they are famous monster hunters and they're very arrogant. And then this dude, Oliver, who's kind of a bum, shows up. And then the last person is Mr. Abara, who is very mysterious and we don't really know what's going on with him. And some other random people show up, but they're irrelevant. So their first task in order to learn the art of map making is figure out how to get into the monastery. So everybody's throwing magic at it, trying to figure out how to get in. And Finch realizes that the magic isn't going to work. So people keep getting like thrown off the island. 
like all those irrelevant people. And he's like, we need to work together. And everybody's like, go away. We don't care about you. And so, you know, Finch finds a side door and he picks it with a leaf and a vine or something like that and finds the key and unlocks the side door. And then they all get to go in, everybody who's left. And then the guy who runs the monastery and the map making thing is named Etienne. Basically, he reveals that Finch is actually Finch Merlin. And then Blanche is like, oh, my God, Catherine killed my husband and everybody else doesn't trust Finch. And he's like, oh, my God, and all this different stuff. So now nobody likes him. And he's like, here we go again. And so he's like, all right, got to try and figure out. They have to, he finds out they have to solve three tasks. And then they finally get to learn map making. And map making is the art of making a map to a place that that nobody knows how to get to, right? It's not just like, oh, let me just draw the United States. Nah, it's like more intense. Then our other perspective is coming from Kenzie. If you remember from the Harley Merlin series, Kenzie was one of Finch's friends who wasn't part of the coven. And she's a morph, which means she can put her consciousness into an animal and she can control the animal and like use it to move. One second, my dog is going absolutely bonkers. Turns out it was a good thing Klaus was being a pain because my aunt was here dropping something off. So if he hadn't barked, I would not have known what was going on. And that would have been bad because I'm the only person home right now. Okay, where was I? Okay, so Kenzie is more if she puts her consciousness in animals. I'm out of breath because I ran up and down the stairs and had to pack things into the freezer anyways. And she has her mom has some sort of curse put on her where it's kind of like dementia, but it's magical curse. And she's tried everything to break it. And Erebus shows up and it says, yo, I'll break your mom's curse if you do something for me. And she's like, I don't want to do anything for you. And he says, I can either break your mom's curse and you can do this for me or you can do this for me and I cannot break your mom's curse. So she's like, "Okay, fine. And so basically what he wants her to do is morph into some animal on the monastery to tell Finch some things because he isn't able to communicate with him there. So Kenzie and Erebus break this curse. Apparently her uncle put it on the mom because she picked his brother instead of him. And then Kenzie says something about Erebus's human form being limited. Erebus does not take well to that. And then after healing the mom, puts the mom and the sister, Kenzie's sister and mom, in this bottle and is like, this is all because you ran your mouth. And then sends her off with very limited instructions. Back to Finch. So the first trial starts and they go into this pottery room and they're just supposed to make a vase. But then Etienne puts crazy poisonous gas in the room and it makes them all laugh and cry and spill their secrets and whatever. And Finch is like, I can't tell them that I'm still working for Airbus and all this different stuff. And like everybody's spilling their secrets, blah, blah, blah. And... Finch is able to go into euphoria, the state of euphoria, to focus, and he gets everybody to make the pots. He saves Luke's from exploding at the last second because his magnetic abilities are going haywire. And so then, okay, now it's time for the second task. But before the second task, Kenzie shows up as a mouse and guides Finch into this basement where he steals this eye pendant. And he's like, I don't know what this is about. And I was like, I don't know what this is about. And Kenzie can't speak as a mouse, so she can't tell him what it's about, but she doesn't even know what it's about. And Luke finds him down there and does some posturing. It's all because Luke is in love with Melody and he's worried about Finch moving in on his girl. But we all know Finch loves Rianne, so he doesn't need to worry about that. Then the second test starts 
and they have to mix these poisons together to make this weeping orange tree grow. And if you do the wrong thing, then the tree cries, horrible cries. They have three days to figure it out, and absolutely nobody can figure it out. Rian ends up coming into Kenzie's apartment and contacts some people from a different coven who are chemists to help them out. And Kenzie's like, I really shouldn't get you involved with this. Finch kind of likes you. And Rianne's like, no, no, no. It's not like that. We're just friends. And Kenzie's like, yeah, okay. And we all know it's fake. Okay. So then Kenzie shows up as a parrot now. And she doesn't show up until the third day. Finch has had no success figuring the stuff out. Kenzie tells him the formula at the end of the third day. Finch puts it in there and his tree, his oranges grow. Oh, and Kenzie tells him that there's a spy. Davin has a spy somewhere. And so Finch is now paranoid trying to figure out who the spy is. So Etienne's like, okay, you beat it. Here's the third task. The third task is drawing a map. You have to eat this orange that will make you hallucinate. Lots of hallucinating. I don't even know. And then you'll be able to draw your map. So Finch eats the orange and then Luke shows up and is like, you need to give us the formula. Melody needs it. Blah, blah, blah. And then Blanche shows up. Turns out Blanche is the spy for Davin. She tries to kill them. She almost succeeds. Melody shows up. Then they they beat her. And they're like, okay, we rest you. Finch, finally, Kenzie shows up again as Parrot. And is like, you need to draw the map to the last unknown. Which turns out is Atlantis, according to Melody, who's also trying to get there. And we don't know why trying to go there, but whatever. So Finch draws the map. Oh, and then Blanche. And then they're like, okay, whatever. Then... Etienne's like, I'm going to go deal with this. You can talk to Blanche for a minute. This is like the next day they went to bed. Turns out Blanche turned Mr. Ibarra into looking like her. And she's running around somewhere. And she has stolen the map from Finch. And she gives it to Davin with a carrier pigeon. But then um, Luke kills Blanche. I don't remember how that went down, but kills her. She's dead. They try and be like, don't support him and she's like he's gonna bring back my husband that Catherine killed I'm like all right this man Davin is not gonna keep his word and then Erebus shows up and he's like bruh what the heck and he's like come to me right now so they show up at Kenzie's apartment and Melody and Luke go with because Finch says he'll bring them with he finds out that he just has to draw the map again and all the oranges also get stolen by Davin's spy but if you eat the orange, it just means you can draw the map in one hour instead of like four days. So now Finch has to start over and that's the book. So it was a wild ride. This book was a lot shorter than the other one. Did I explain it shorter? Probably not. So let's get into some thoughts. First thought, what the heck is with Erebus being tight-lipped? He literally won't tell Finch anything, just drops him off there and is like, do this or I'll kill all your friends. Like, bruh, I'm getting tired of you just saying, do this thing for me that I'm not going to explain or else I'll kill your sister and your friends and your love interest and everybody. I'm just over that nonsense. He doesn't tell Kenzie anything to tell Finch. He's like, I don't know. I don't know what the poison is. You got to figure that out. I don't know what the, like, I'm just like, bruh. He doesn't tell Kenzie why he needs Finch to steal this pendant. Apparently the pendant used to belong to him and it can like see things that other people can't but you have to recharge it and Finch accidentally used it to figure out Abara or Blanche was Mr. Abara this whole thing whatever and I'm just like tired of it like how do you expect Finch to do anything for you when you give him no information you just drop him in random places I don't know but I'm over it also let's just talk about you know what what is Erebus even doing 
What is he even looking for? I'm glad that he's limited in his human form because he low-key sucks. He's not evil like Catherine and Davin are evil, you know? Like, we hate them. Or we hated them, right? And, like, I was so frustrated reading the end when Davin gets the things and is rowing away on his rowboat. And I was like, oh, I hate you so much. I was literally swearing at my book. Only two swears. But I was like, oh, I'm so mad. What is this? I was so frustrated about the whole thing. But Erebus, so I'm glad he's limited. He sucks, but, like, less than them. But I'm just like, what is his deal? What is he doing? We find out from Melody that the last unknown, which is Atlantis, is supposed to, like, be where all the Primus and Gillises or whatever the heck. It's basically the, like, oldest magical bloodlines. Like, at some unknown time, they, like, disappeared from the world and they went there and whatever. So Melody wants to go there. Oh, because it turns out she's the librarian. So you find out that in the the fifth book in the Harley Merlin series, you find out that Catherine's captured the librarian named Odette and tortures and kills her so she can get all the information about how to do the rest of the trials. Once she has that, she kills Odette. And it turns out Melody is now the new librarian. Now, I feel bad for Luke because Luke is in love with Melody. It's just pretty obvious, but we know from Remington and Odette I don't know if I ever said this before, but the librarian, like, doesn't experience love. And also, the librarian just, like, has all this knowledge of chaos just dumped in their head. Kind of like if you've ever seen or read The Giver, how The Giver gets all those memories. It's, like, similar to that. But also, like, similar is just, like, apparently she can't fall in love or I don't really, I don't remember. So I'm feeling bad for Luke the bodyguard because his feelings are not going to be reciprocated. So that's kind of upsetting. But, um, so Melody says, like, there's going to be stuff there, which is why she wants to go, because that's one gap that she has, and she wants to fill the gap so she can have the knowledge. So why is Erebus trying to go there? I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I have no idea what he's trying to do. Like, he must be trying to get at some of the, like, old magical blood, but for what reason could he possibly want? I don't know. And then the other weird thing is this Erebus Davin connection. Davin has been everywhere that Erebus has been sending Fitch in the last two books, going for the exact same things. So they must be going after something similar. And I'm also wondering if Davin used to work for Erebus, which is how he knows these things. So I'm not really sure, but we're going to find out in the next book where Finch has to make the map again and Rafi is the other point of view. And I don't really know what's happening in that book. Something about digins or whatever. I'm going to learn how to say that before I record this next one. But that's what's up. And yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now let me tell you what's going to be happening for the rest of this series. So the next episode is going to come out on Thursday, October 28th. And that episode is going to talk about the third through fifth books or 12 through 14. And then the last three books, 15 through 17, are I'm going to talk about them in the third and final episode, which will be released on October 30th, which is Saturday. So stick around for those. It's super fun. And I know now you're hooked and have to find out what else is going on and why Finch has to make this map and what is going on. So stick around with me for that. Also, while you're here, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. I would appreciate it and love you forever if you did that. Also, follow my Instagram at I read a book once blog. Like those posts. Maybe I'll follow you back. And feel free to DM me about your thoughts and opinions on this episode, this series, and this podcast. 
You could also email me at iRedAbookOnceBlog at gmail.com. And uh, also you could check out my now defunct website, iRedBookOnceBlog.com that I no longer post on. But, you know, it's there if you want to check it out. So this was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma. This was the first of the three-part Halloween Finch Merlin special. And I'll catch you guys next time.